Creole Reds fans still exists in some form or another. So we're here to talk about the baseball that isn't, the baseball yet to come. So uh, tonight, at least starting out, I'm Jeff. I'm Tom. I'm Chris. Yeah. So we have Chris, uh, who is, uh, we'll introduce him in a second. We're minus Kim tonight. Uh, John might be joining us. Uh, I don't think Kim will pop in, but he has the uh, Zoom invite. So we are doing this coronavirus style. We are using Zoom. Um, we're all sitting in our own homes doing this. And um, so this is the Three O Reds Fans podcast. And I'm in Studio 82 down the street from our good friends at Dean's in the heart of Cedarville. Tom and Chris are on the other side of town, not about the same, well, a little farther away from the center of town. Um, Remember Cedarville, the famous birthplace, the final resting place of Reds pitching legend Bumpus Jones, who never had to miss a season for anything like this back in 1892. Yep. He was out of baseball by the time the Spanish flu hit, so he didn't have to deal with this. So, but here we are, guys. It's been a while. Uh, no baseball. What's it? Uh, oh, let me welcome Chris here. Chris is a, a friend of ours here in town, and he is. Sorry to say, not a Reds fan. Oh, well. He is a – who are you a fan of, Chris? I don't even want to say the words. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's been rough the last few years, but I'm a Pirates fan. <laughs> 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 no, we're glad to have you. So, we, uh, yeah, we, we, we trade barbs now and then, of course. Uh, not as violent as uh, Amir Garrett and Yasiel Puig and, and the Pirates trade barbs, but we have a good time, so – we just thought we'd uh, have a little chat tonight, talk about baseball, what we miss, and a little bit about what they're talking about going, uh, happening possibly here with these strange divisions if they get started at some point. So um, today is April 16th, is that right? Yes, yep. And uh, so there's some news about Ohio and the U.S., the president and the governor are talking about starting to open things up a little bit starting May 1st. Um, make some changes to what we've been living through. But here we are, no baseball. So what's it been like, Chris? No baseball. Is this weird? How weird is this? It's, been? it's really weird. You know, for me, um, you know, I've had, I've got three boys and I've been involved with some form or fashion of baseball for the past 20 odd years. Um, and then you throw in my job, you know, I work uh, at a uh, division two institution in the athletic department and we, typically have baseball this time of year. Well, the best you can do with baseball in April in Ohio. Um, so for, for, for me not to hear the crack of a bat or the pop of a mitt, it's been, yeah. uh, it's been challenging, especially just having not seeing the boys out there doing it. It's been tough. Been uh, outside with one of my boys throwing a little bit and taking some ground balls on the asphalt, but uh, it's just not the same. No, it's not. It's not. And Tom, your, your boy was, uh, that played baseball. He's long gone from playing baseball uh, at that age. Um, can you imagine what it'd be like if your son was still like the age of some of Chris's, a couple of Chris's kids and still involved in playing baseball? What would his, yeah, especially if it think? was late in their, in their career, you know, whether it's college or high school to be building up and, and work out and do everything you need to do to get ready for the season. In fact, to start the season, right, Chris? I mean, I guess, you know, they probably started in February. Yeah. College so, level. 
Yeah, well, they start, college starts in January. Their, their first in-season practice starts the uh, – Actually, my games, though. Oh, games, that's right. Well, they, they, they try to play games in February, um, but then they take a big, uh, long spring trip. And we, we actually played some games early. Uh, took, our, took our spring trip to, uh, to Florida, and I think we got 16 games in, I think, total, maybe not quite that many. I'd have to back look at our record, and our, our team was doing fairly well. And then we got back, and the first game after the spring trip was canceled, uh, like like an hour, like well, uh, six hours before the game was was to start. So that was the week, yeah. that was the week after spring break when every we got yeah, back. That was the the Friday after. after we would have got back on Saturday, and then we were to play on the next Friday. Right. And we did three days of classes, and then boom, yeah. that fell apart. So yeah. um, and and you know, if as an old baseball player, everybody thinks. Man, you know what? This year, I'm going to do something special and get drafted. <laughs> yeah. Every yeah. single player, because that's the way baseball is. Is I don't know if it's because of movies we watch or whatever. You think a scout's going to watch and see you, and you're going to get drafted. Everybody, yeah. I don't even care if you're a starter. You yeah. cannot be a starter, but you're going to think, you know, that the first baseman's going to get hurt, and I'm going to go in, and they won't be able to take me out, and I'm going to get drafted. You know. <laughs> um, so and then then the whole. The whole year's the whole year shot it had to yeah. be really tough. So and I, I don't know. As a guy that, I mean, I baseball was part of my life for my first thirty years, either playing or coaching. And I I don't know about you, Chris, and maybe you too, Jeff. But in the spring, there's some days you walk outside, and I don't know. You smell the grass, and it's the way the the weather is, and it just makes you think about being on the baseball field. For me, it does. I just get that feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I've coached, I've coached youth baseball, you know, with my boys, you know, like I said, for 20 years. And, and I, one thing I always try to tell the, the, the guys on the team or the young men on the team was, you know what, this is what, this is what your youth's all about. I just, I vividly remember as a kid, some of my fondest memories was in the springtime, dodging mud puddles and playing, playing baseball. And uh, yeah. it's just something. Also the coldest I've ever been in my life too. Yeah, that's yeah. Baseball games. <laughs> that's right. I grew up in, in uh, just a couple hours north of Pittsburgh, and uh, so it was even colder up there. Yes, I've covered I've covered baseball games with snow coming down. Yeah, me too. In Virginia, even. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember a game one night. It was so cold, you couldn't feel anything, and there was snowflakes coming down. I'm like, it was a high school game being played under the lights, <laughs> you know, because I don't know why. I mean, and it was, you know, it was 30 degrees out, so. You got to get the games in, man. Yeah, you got to get them in. Got to get them in. And um, so, yeah, that's the thing. You know, lost in all. I'm glad you guys sort of talked about that first because about the kids and the kids aren't getting to play. And because all the the media attention is all around Major League Baseball mostly, they're not playing. But it's it's still what's everybody say? It's a kid's game, right? You know, it's Mm -hmm. they're grown men playing a kid's game. And these kids aren't getting to play. Um, you know, they're not even like I can remember my, a lot of my memories of, as a kid playing baseball was going to the in our neighborhood. There was a vacant lot. You know, it was like it's been houses have been built on it since, but it was a long it was a long rectangle, and we would go there and play. And right field was always closed because it was right to, it was close to the you, you didn't you didn't take much more than a pop fly to get to the street. You know. So you couldn't hit the ball to right field. You know, you had to play everything to left or center. Kids aren't even getting to do that. 
as far as I know. I mean, maybe there are some places, maybe kids are doing it. For others, maybe, right? That's about it. A few, but, but, but that's not happening. That type of stuff's not happening. You know, the old Sandlot stuff. You guys have, you know, you've probably seen that movie, The Sandlot. I don't think they do it anymore, Jeff. I think they just play Xbox instead. <laughs> well, I didn't raise sons, and we didn't have an Xbox, so I can't, I can't attest to that, so... I'm sure you guys have seen more video game playing than I have, but uh, that's probably where my boys are right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's pretty cold here today. I mean, it's it actually got in the high 40s. It's got pretty nice, but not so much now. So, so Jeff, but, another thing, another thing I really miss. I mean, you were talking about Major League Baseball. Is you know I went to a lot of the Reds opening days. Jeff, you went with me once, you and Kelly, mm-hmm. and uh, went the last few years, and we were going again this year. You and Thomas were going to go? We were going again. I took the day off, and um, I was glad. I've, I've been buying tickets there the last few years. I didn't with you. We bought ours ahead of time, Jeff. But, yeah, I think so. We had them. So we've been buying it from scalpers the last few years. I'm glad I was going to do that again this year because otherwise I would have been stuck with tickets, right? Mm-hmm. right. But I, so when I found out, you know, everything was canceled, I still kept my day off. I just thought I'll just still take the day off. So I never use all my vacation days. And um, here I was here. It was an absolute, do you guys remember what day it was? It was perfect weather. Mm. It was like 70 degrees. Yeah. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. And the whole day, all I could think about was what it would have been like to be there for the parade and the game and the pack. I mean, how many times do you go to, to a stadium where every seat is taken and standing room only for baseball? Not too often. So I really missed it on that day. That's for sure. This whole April has actually been really good for weather, despite the snow we saw yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> out of the like blue. Five so, minutes. <laughs> yeah. But the, the weather has been, has been really good. I mean, we wouldn't have had the issues we've seen in the past in terms of getting games in uh, yeah. this April. No, no, it's too bad. So, you know, we've talked about, you know, what it's like kids and we miss it and everything. What, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm used to flipping on the TV every evening and just having it on, whether I watch it really closely or not. Sometimes I sit there and watch pretty closely. Sometimes I'm doing something else. Sort of that background noise that we're used to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the car. You, you flip it on in the car or, or whatever, and it's just on. It's just a This part, would have been the first your, year without Marty. Your day. Huh? This would have been the first year without Marty. Yeah, on the radio. exactly. Yeah, it's just like a part of your day every day a little bit when you, you know, especially if you, I know Chris, I don't know if you get to watch many Pirates games, but. Yeah, I subscribe to the MLB uh, package, so that's pretty much every night Well, it'll be on the TV and we're doing other things or we're actually watching the game and so it's been, yeah, we we miss it. We've got to, been uh, tuning into Netflix now instead of of Major League Baseball. No. Don't you think that's why they call this the pastime? It's because it's just part of your life for the for longer than any other season although i feel like yeah. the nba is getting close it's just part but, but, of your yeah, different. part of your life yeah, yeah baseball is different you know I, I if you remember back to 9 11 and the healing that baseball brought after that disaster yeah. i think we're going to see the same type of thing uh if we can get this thing started you know we've seen rumors of major league baseball starting and jeff's alluded to the different divisions but I think that's part of the healing process. I think that it, get it, whether it's baseball or basketball or whatever it is, I, I, I'd like to see it be baseball. I think uh, it's just it'll just be fun just to get it on the TV and, and watching um, watching 
Yeah. Well, I guess you wouldn't be watching Yasiel. I was going to say Yasiel Puig for you guys, but <laughs> no, he's not moved bad. on. No. Hey, did you guys hear that they're talking about doing it where all the teams are in Arizona? Did yeah, you hear that? I called that up here. I, I, the, that's the that's the thing because they can get to try to get started, you know, before they can have people in stadiums and everything. And um, um, so they would call it. A, they were going to do a grapefruit league and a cactus league, and uh, the Reds. There's three divisions in each. The Reds would be in the Cactus League West with the Dodgers, White Sox, Indians, and Angels. Um, the Pirates would be in the Grapefruit North with the Yankees. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> well, we got the Dodgers. Well, we got the Dodgers, yeah. Yeah, we do. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Yankees, Phillies, Blue Jays, and Tigers. You got the Tigers to beat up on. But other than that, maybe not. So yeah. that, you know, that's what they want to try to do. I haven't seen anything about dates when that might happen um, that I recall. Do you guys, have you guys seen anything on, a, on no. possible dates? It's just at some no. point when they can sort of do this, they would get the season started that way. I don't know if, how long they would do that for. Who knows? It might have to go all the way to the end of the season. That's hard to say. Yeah, we, that's the thing. We just, it's all speculation, but I mean, it's weird. So I don't understand but at it. At least though, we have baseball to watch every night if they, if they get it started. But I don't understand it. Why would they, why would they not keep the national, why wouldn't they just have the season as normal, but just have everybody play locally? Why are they switching up who plays who? I don't get it. Well, the, it's the teams that train in Florida or in the Grapefruit, the teams that train. Yeah, but they don't have to do that, do they? Well, they'd I mean, have they to have fly to back and forth from Arizona to Florida a lot. Well, I mean, I mean I'm sure there are stadiums in Arizona where that would house enough uh, teams. That's uh, it's what kinda, I'm saying. Yeah, uh, kind of like whole, what, uh, what, what Dana White is doing with, uh, with uh, uh, the MMA and – Buying a a island somewhere and yeah. shipping all those fighters there and Dana White's made more money than anybody should almost be allowed to make. <laughs> but I mean, you can no, do the same I'm... thing with baseball, like like Tom's saying. Yeah, yeah one, like have American League in Florida, National League yeah. in Arizona. Yeah, why go? Yeah, why have to go to your uh, your place? Because um, that's the thing; yeah. they're going to play in their own parks, basically. Yeah, that, but that is was that a big idea. deal. I don't know if that's a big deal or not. Maybe logistically it matters but i don't know i don't know I, I don't know but that's that's what they're saying but isn't I, there a risk too of the players catching it from each other yeah but they're, they're gonna like yeah. everybody that everybody that works there is like gonna get tested like constantly they're gonna mm -hmm. they're gonna check your temperature every day they're gonna yeah. you know who knows what all they're gonna do to make sure and they're gonna and they're gonna basically be sequestered or quarantined to where they're not interacting with anybody else so that if it's not there it can't get in so you know you'll have your some stadium workers and players and coaches and broadcasters and technical people to run the scoreboards and the TV show and the radio and you know it'd be it really cut down on travel that's for sure yeah which isn't the issue right travel's not really the deal is it um, they have private not, planes. Yeah, they have private planes. It's not a big deal to travel, but um, yeah, I'm reading here on CBS um, that actually Arizona and Florida is open for gatherings of upward of a hundred people. So you could technically do it right now in Arizona and Florida. Yeah, hmm. 
what does the hundred count? Does that count the is that hundred fans or does that count everybody including? Players? I think that's every. I think that's everybody. So you, could, I mean, you could do it in front of fans, but you could do it just have the teams yeah. and personnel there. Right. Well, there's some WWE's going to take place in Florida event because it got deemed in a. I mean, season. I'd be, I'd be for it if they did the normal schedule. I don't know about shaking up and having to play the Dodgers every third series. <laughs> well, they would play the teams in the other. There's three divisions in Arizona, so they would play the Cubs. So they, they would play. They wouldn't just play the teams in their division. They would play the teams in the other two divisions too. So half of base Major League Baseball would be in Arizona. So they would play all those teams. And so have, would they play it to, to the point of a World Series? Yeah, there wouldn't be any interleague play, so to speak. So the World Series would be, yeah, whoever wins the grapefruit and whoever wins the cactus. So the, the Reds, wow. conceivably, like, the Reds could play the Braves in the World Series, which would be weird, right? Or the Reds could play the Cardinals in the World Series, two teams yeah. from the same division. And there's a lot of ways that teams from the same tip normal divisions could play each other in the World Series. That would be bizarre, but we'd never forget it. So I would like to what propose that – I'd like to propose a realignment division of the Pirates, the Marlins, the Orioles, and the Tigers. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you might have a chance. <laughs> Bring back uh, Doug Drayback and Bobby Bonilla, and you, you'll win that division real easy. Yeah, give us Bonds, too. <laughs> you want Bonds, too? <laughs> before or after the Roids? <laughs> well, that was, was pre-Roids. <laughs> Oh, my. So, um, well, Tom, if and when the Reds do play, um, regardless of division setup or whatever this is, um, do we have a winning ball club? Are we going to have a winning season? That's the question. Well, I'm going to say the same thing that we probably say every year is if they're <laughs> healthy, right? Yeah. If they're healthy – Actually, I don't think the last few years I would have said even if they were healthy, they would have had a winning season. I think this year, if they're healthy, they're above 500. I yeah. really think so this year. I do, too. I do, too, if they're healthy. With the additions that they made, Castellanos, Moustakas, if, if some of the younger guys, a Winker or somebody like that or a couple of other guys continue to develop and become better players, uh, Sinzel, uh, whatever, pick, take your pick of younger guys. You can name Votto has a, a, a just a normal year, right? Yeah, Votto bounces back somewhat. He doesn't have to be a MVP caliber, but he's got to be – he's got to be a scary hitter in the lineup that the other team feels like can hurt him. And I don't think last year it got to the point where you weren't too, too afraid to pitch to Joey Votto. Yeah, and um, I felt like – I felt like they were – had a real shot of being a wild card this year. Yeah, I did too. And a lot of projections and people making this picks and stuff, we're looking at them as a first or second type team in that division very possibly. So, you know, when you make big free agent signings and you bring in some guys and make a splash, you know, it always, it always boosts your profile and people get a little bit excited about you. You know, you know how that goes, you know, sure. and then, and then when teams, trade away their best player, which talked maybe, about. Which maybe Pittsburgh might have done that. <laughs> Once, twice. What is what is the deal, Chris? Then, then, then you're like, you know, then you're well, then you're then you're throwing them 
to the dogs. It's like, that team's no good, you know? So well, I remember yeah. watching the World Series and going through and thinking, that guy was a pirate? That guy was a pirate? That guy was a pirate? Like, the pitching staff. We could have, we would have had a solid pitching staff. So Garrett Cole and Garrett Charlie Cole. Morton. Yeah. Man. I know. You're like, you feel what's like going, what's you're, going you're on like there? they're a AAA team for the, for the rest of the majors sometimes. Well, yeah, that's what it seems like the last few years. Um, and, and there's been some poor trades for the Pirates. I mean, you think of the Chris Archer trade. Yeah. Uh, that was a struggle that threw – I mean, it looks like the two the two guys that went to uh, to Florida in that trade are going to be all-stars, perennial, perennial all-stars. So, so which guys um, for that? Uh, oh, you asked me too quick. It was the pitcher, um, uh, and the out, the outfielder was, uh, oh shoot. You asked me too quick. <laughs> well, but you made Tyler Glasnow was the pitcher oh, who yeah, ended up pitching pitcher. really he's well. Good, he's a good young pitcher. Um, well, they've, they've brought guys up. They've drafted well. They've, you know, you can't. Austin Meadows was the, was the, was the position, the center fielder. I think he ended up hitting over 30 home runs for the. For the Rays, for the Rays last year, yeah, yeah he had a good season. So, you know, every team had their share of that. But you're right; it feels like the Pirates are constantly doing it. Um, somebody gets good, they don't want to pay for them; they let them go. So, um, new manager this year. Yeah, we were really excited about uh, the new manager. Seems like a pretty stand-up guy. Although I think Clint Hurdle um, took some undeserved. Uh, uh, berating by a lot of people. I, I, he, I think, I feel like he's a, he's a good man and he was trying to do the right thing. He's an old, old school baseball guy. Yeah. So old school baseball guys have a different way of doing things. Um, Chris, how can you defend Clint Hurdle? <laughs> oh man. Are you kidding me? Well, I, I, I feel like I need to, I mean, I, I know I'm talking to Reds fans and we can, we can get, we can, we can go back to where this thing got started between yeah, the Reds exactly. and the Pirates. And and when you throw fastballs at a perennial All-Star MVP candidate, uh, you throw at his head. That that doesn't go well. You talking about McCutcheon? McCutcheon. Who threw uh, at him? Well, it was um, Araldus Chapman. Oh, okay. And oh, that, you're going all the way back to that. Oh, that that's how it all started. And then it's just one chip after the other, and one retaliation after the other. And when you have an old school baseball guy like Clint Hurdle, there's going to be retaliation. And oh, yeah. uh, Absolutely. I mean, that's going to be tit for tat, and you throw up my Let guy, go, I'm going to throw Chris. your guy. I, Let, I, I'm, not saying, I, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not. Just, I'm just saying that's who you have, and a guy like Clint Hurdle, and I think there's other managers in baseball out there that are made of the same fabric. It's not just Clint, and uh, but yeah, Dusty's now Dusty's now with the Astros. He's probably another old school guy, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Dusty Baker. It's interesting. Not many left. It's interesting, Dust. You know, the, the Astros have been a forward-thinking team, uh, analytic-wise, and everything. And what uh, and the, a lot of the a lot of the um, criticism Dusty got was for being old school, mm-hmm. and now he's managing the Astros. So that was either that's either Dusty is thinking differently, or that was like. Let's hire a guy. We need to hire a very highly respected manager to come in here after this debacle. So that's, I think, I think that, that's right? what it is. Yeah, it has to be done. Yeah, you know, because that was just, ugh, just you know, such a black eye for the Astros. So speaking of retaliation for the Houston yeah. Astros this year, 
film. How much are we going to see? I don't know. I mean, this whole thing we're going through right now may soften that a little bit, but I think, um, I think you, I think it's very, very possible that there's going to be a, you know, they're going to get booed, you know, and so forth. Well, they tracked it in spring training. They were hit more than anyone else in spring training. People were hitting. Saw them. That. Oh yeah. Is, yeah, I think uh, I think this is this COVID experience is probably the best thing that can happen to the Astros. Oh yeah, it's taking them off the front page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, I mean, you know, you I, guys I, I know thought what... it was terrible what they did. I wasn't as out. I don't think I was as outraged as. I mean, there are things to get outraged about. It's it's baseball. I got I thought it was wrong, but um, but um, I kind of hope it isn't a big deal just sort of is, is something for a week and then we just forget about it. That would be nice to just not have to deal with it, but it'll be interesting. So. Well, Pete Rose had a hard time with it, didn't he? Did you read those quotes? What was, what did it, what remind me what he said? Well, he's comparing it to what he did, right? He cheated on baseball. Oh, these yeah. guys, these guys cheated on baseball. Yeah. Well, how come they're not getting the same punishment? Well, Pete, it's a little bit different. And that's, that's typical Pete. Um, you know, I loved Pete as a player. I mean, as purely as a baseball player, if you just don't put anything else in the equation, like Pete's my favorite player of all time. I mean, I grew up on Pete Rose, but all the other stuff obviously sullies all that and, and so forth. So if you ask me who's your favorite baseball player of all time, I, I really can't say because – the guy who was, like, it's, like, how can you say, it's hard to, that's a hard thing to say now. Um, but um, you need to switch to Johnny I, Bench like me. But I think, switch to Johnny Bench. But I think that's typical Pete to deflect and to like try to make excuses and everything else for his own behavior and try to make himself not look so bad by comparing himself to somebody else who obviously broke the rules as well. So, yeah, I really believe if Pete if Pete would have from the beginning fell on his sword and yeah. then tried about what he did, then I mean, not lie because he lied at first, right? And then he came out and said he lied. If he would have went that route, I think he'd be in the Hall of Fame today. And be honest, what Pete did was worse. I mean, I think, in my opinion, if you're going to rank the sins, I think Pete's is worse. So that'd be, uh, he's that's a manager my... betting on games, right? That's, yeah. You're right. That's pretty bad. <laughs> he never bet on his team to lose, right? Only uh, that's what well, he I, says. That's what he says. But does that do you? I mean, that's, he's a hard. It's hard to believe the guy. You know, right? It's hard to believe him. Because already lied once. So, I mean, when I went, when I was a kid going to games, that's that's the guy I wanted to see the most. It's the guy I wanted to see the most, and I and uh, there were plenty of guys to see. I mean, you know, I mean, Chris, you you grew up. There were a lot of great pirates in your. Yeah, when you were growing up too. I mean, you know what that's like. There's a bunch of great players on the team that right. late '70s, mid '70s, or early '70s, the late into the early '80s Pirates. Yep. Until Parker was gone. Yeah. All all through that. Willie Stargell. Stargell and oh, Bill, Bill Madlock. Bill Madlock. Madlock. I, I was a Mad. I, I liked Madlock. He was. I fun. did too. Yeah. Skip to Colby. Oh yeah. Skip loved him. Jerry yeah. Royce. Yeah. Skip to Colby is a Cincinnati guy, right? Huh. The Colby? The Colby was, 
Cincinnati I think, guy. I think he grew up in Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. A lot started, of Cincinnati guys in the majors. Yeah. yeah he still does. Tacoby still does some uh, uh, broadcasting for the Pirates. Does he? Hey, ugly you, guy. Really. Oh, no, he's not. He's not pretty. No. Chris, have you seen the uh, documentary on the Cobra? I don't think I have. It's on. Uh, I think MLB is running it. It's a. Day, it's a story. It's Dave Parker's story. Great. And you know he's got Parkinson's real bad. Yeah. And so um, it's a really good piece. You should um, something. The word Cobra is in it. I'm trying to think of the name, the actual name of it, but it came out this past year. Um, it's funny. They just for, just on my Twitter feed, uh, it came up a a throw. I don't even remember what year it was. A throw that Parker made in the All Star game from okay. right field and got someone out at home. Yeah, it was just tremendous. That. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Yeah. It's called the Cobra at Twilight. Oh well. Will Dave I'll Parker ever get the recognition he deserves? Uh, talking about being snubbed by the Hall of Fame. Um, I think it's called the Co- yeah. It's MLB Network documentary, the Cobra at Twilight. You should. Sir, what do you get for what do you use for television? Spectrum. So you should you get MLB on there. Well, uh, well, well I have the MLB package. I wonder if I can probably, see through there. Yeah, they might they might sure have all that stuff on there. You should look it up. It's really good. Of course, that's the thing we have in common is Dave Parker. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I thought Parker should have won the MVP the one year uh, when I think Willie McGee won it um, with the Reds. I always thought he should have won it. And uh, I think he's a Hall of Fame guy. I mean, oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt. He for a few years there. Well, obviously there is. <laughs> he didn't make it. Yeah, yeah, I know. But he he was the best player in baseball. He was the most feared hitter in baseball for four or five seasons. Yeah. And I, one thing, one time I looked him up on Baseball Reference. He he was like, uh, before I say that, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but in the MVP voting, of course he won. Yeah, he won one. But if you look down his list, he was one, two, three, four, five, six, six times he was top 10 in MVP voting. He was 20th one other time, 11th and 16th another time. I mean, when he was 34 with the Reds, he was second. And when he was 35 with the Reds, he was fifth in MVP voting in 85. Yeah, I mean, he, he came in 11th in the MVP voting when he was 38 years old. With 38 the, with years the old playing for the A's, yeah. That's amazing. Amazing, yeah. I mean, I think I think he's – I just think he's overlooked. But, you know, I mean, he doesn't have the huge career war number, you know. It's 40.1. And so in this day and age of war and all that analytics, it doesn't help him. It's not going to help him, but – and a guy career 290 hitter the guy yeah there's a lot of good things in his career seven-time all-star um two two batting titles you know anyway just it, yeah i wish I, I i love if he could get there but i don't know how much longer he's got because the parkinson's is pretty bad you know chris I mean, is, watching that chris is average well, 11 years with pittsburgh was 305 yeah i'm, I'm looking that's at those pretty amazing now. I mean, twice hit over 40 home runs with the Pirates. Yeah. Well, you know, there was those drug trials um, before he left Pittsburgh, and I think that hurt him too with the with the media and everything else um, because he was involved in in some of that. So, no, that that didn't help him. But anyway, but I mean, the people in Pittsburgh still love him. I mean, it's (laughs) not like 
that really tarnished his career at all in Pittsburgh. No, no, no. We loved him here. I mean, he was a, he came home, you know, he came home to Cincinnati where he grew up and had put together some really good seasons. And, um, you know, he, he, those were, those were when Pete came back as manager. So he played for Pete and, um, you know, they kept finishing second every year. <laughs> that was the thing. They finished second every year and then had a bad year. They had a worse year in 89 when everything fell apart. And then, um, of course, Pinella came in in 90 and they won the World Series. But uh, yeah, here's he played 132 games as a 40 year old baseball player. Yeah. Played 132 games. Wow. Meckler. Did you yeah. see how many times he was in the postseason? He was in the postseason for two years with the A's, too. Mm hmm. Yeah, he was on those good A's teams, some of those good Oakland A's teams. So. Oh, was that with the Bash Brothers? That was about that time. Yeah, yeah, he played with those guys, 88, 88, 89. 89. Yeah. yeah, those were the years. 88, they lost, didn't they? The A's won the world, lost in 88 to the Dodgers, beat the Giants the next year, and then the Reds beat them in 90. So, yeah, he was on, he was on the 88 and 89 teams, and then he went to Milwaukee. And, and had a had a good season too, so. So he won two World Series titles. Won a silver won with slugger. Pirates in '79, and then ten years later, with Oakland. Yeah. How many people have won two World Series ten years apart? <laughs> I don't know, Yogi Bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he won all the ones in between too. Uh, but you're Did right. A home run in the World Series in both times. Yeah. Or second time. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, um, <clears throat> what uh, uh, back to the to the Reds, Tom? We should talk about that just a little more. Since we last talked, um, uh, well, Kim and I did a show, and I think Mustakas was already there, and so we haven't heard from you about that. That's the two big things, Mustakas and Castellanos. I think are the two big gets for them. Um, what are your thoughts on those two guys? Well, I'll tell you, we're wondering what they would do at second base. Remember that? Sure. Um, we're wondering how things would work out. And we didn't know if maybe they moved Senzel back there or how they would move things around. So I think um, Moustakis was much better than we expected. I think I would have expected a shortstop before a second baseman, uh, Jeff. But I think that's just a fantastic pickup. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, one thing you didn't, talk about besides Castellanos is what do you think about Shogo in the outfield? Oh, that's true. That's going to be, uh, that's going to be interesting to see as well. Yeah. Just have, I, I just don't know how these Japanese guys are going to translate over to the majors, you know? Well, it's kind of like a guy coming out from AAA. What's he going to do? Right. You know, yeah. um, I mean, Japan ball is sort of considered for like quadruple A, you know, instead of it's sort of an in-between and, he does have a long track record over there. It's not like he had one good year. He's a young guy there thinking he'll make it. But um, I think the outfield is crowded, but that doesn't bother me. May the best men. No, you know somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah, it may the best men win and play the most. Create a lot of, there's a lot of good competition out there. And Castellanos is a doubles machine. He's a, you know, he's a, he brings a lot of power to the lineup. And Shogo can, can give him a, a leadoff guy that can get on base and, if he, if I think that will be better not in the leadoff, too. I do. I think so. I think so. Take some pressure off, moving down the lineup a little bit. I think, I, think you're, I think you're right. So, yeah, you're looking at 
I think Castellanos is the pretty much an everyday guy in right. I think Shogo's going to play a whole lot. I think Winker, if Winker hits, especially if Winker can begin to hit left-handers better, he can play a whole lot. I think those are the three guys that might get the most at bats, if, if I had to guess. And then I think the infield's pretty sad. I mean, I think we're fine with the Galvis at shortstop. Um, you always try to get the best guy you can. You know, there was all this Lindor talk, and I never really believed that would happen and, uh, and, and so forth. But nobody wins with, like, all-stars at every position, right? It just doesn't happen. Right. You know, um, so you, you always have a couple guys, but at least he can hit some home runs. And so, you know, maybe he hits a few home runs in key situations that help you win three or four games that you wouldn't have won otherwise and play good shortstop, you know, and – uh, we got a rotation at catcher that won't be so bad, and I really think they're going to they're going to roll with Barnhart and Casale for another year or two because I think Tyler Stevenson is coming, and I think I think he's got a chance to, you know, he's a prospect, and I know he hadn't proven anything at the major league level, but he's a guy that will deserve a chance and could be really good. So, and and here's the thing, Jeff: if something would happen in the outfield, and there'd be some some injuries. They can always bring Scott Shebler back. Oh my man, my man! I'm a Shebs. I love Shebs. Do you know about this? Chris? I know you do. Well, the the only guy that I'd like to see in your outfield is Michael Lorenzen. Throw him <laughs> out there. Yeah, dude can play some center field. He can play he can some, lift some weights too, man. Well, I got I follow him on the, Instagram. The guy's the got Sheb- some workouts. Yeah, the Shebler story is old. Reds Caravan one year. I was covering it for the Dayton paper and they were at the air force museum and Shebs came in and it was a year he had played a little bit the year before. And then he kind of had the job coming into that year. So in the year he hit like 20 some homers or 30, maybe I can't remember, but anyway, so I got to interview him and he was real nice, man. I enjoyed talking to him. And then they were like hauling him away from us to go up to the, to the stage where they were going to talk to the fans and, and uh, so he let me walk all the way through the Air Force Museum, which was like a five-minute walk to where they were going, and keep asking him questions. Man crush, Chris. So, man yeah, crush. yeah, man crush begun. And so I would text with these guys when Shebs were their home run. I'd just text a bunch of hearts, and we'd have a good time with that. So I do like that guy, but I want the best players on the field. But if guys get hurt, you know, he's a guy who's played in the major leagues and come up and fill a hole for you. I think he's out of baseball. I think he got released. Well – that's true. He, he got DFA, but I don't know if anybody picked him up. I can't remember this. I can't yeah, remember I what the status is. They could, you know, you know that is you get DFA. If he has time, time, if you clear waivers. He time, maybe he can get on the show with us. Yeah, that's true. I could get him on the show. Yeah, he could be our, he could be our expert. He, he could break down film for us. Although I think maybe Kim and I would have to leave because you'd probably be so starstruck you couldn't speak. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, I've interviewed more famous people than Scott Shebler. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've interviewed more famous people. Not a lot. I'm no big-time journalist by any means. Trust me. But, You're a big-time journalist. Don't uh, not, put yourself not, down. Not really. Not really. Not compared to a lot of guys. So, um, so Chris, I'm going to ask you this. So, Starling Marte got traded. Sure did my reference earlier to their trading their best player, right? Was that? Yeah, that was it. 
So, you know, honestly, so that that trade is that trade gone too. Corey, yeah, we traded him midseason last year. He oh, that's uh, he went to the Phillies and did fairly well with the Phillies. So, what do you and think of the Marte trade? Of course he did. Off down the stretch. Yeah, of course he did. You go what you get out of the hole in Pittsburgh and you bat three hundred and drop bombs about every other night. That's what he did for about a month and a half. Got reunited with McCutcheon in Philadelphia. Yeah. So uh, I think that trade is one of those trades that you have to make. No one likes it. Um, we got two really young players back in that trade who could, uh, who have high ceilings. Yeah. But when you're picking up single A guys, there's also the the, the floor that you don't know if they're ever going to reset potential. So, yeah. uh, and you look at the Pirates outfield now. They signed um, a guy from the Dodgers, I believe he came from, um, or no, he came from the one of the California teams, Jared Dyson. Uh, speedster. He, was a, he was a Diamondback. Diamondback, yeah. yeah so he's a speedster. So, I mean, we still have Gregory Polanco in the outfield. Um, we still have Brian Reynolds, who everyone's real high on. He was yeah, one guy we got that. in a trade. I was on the Garrett Cole trade, I believe, him and Trevor Williams. And uh, well, maybe not even Trevor Williams. It, it was um, a Joe Musgrove in that trade. So, yeah, the outfield is. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna have any all stars in the outfield. Well, Polanco could be. I mean, he's got the talent. He's just got to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he could be a five tool guy. But so who they got around the infield this year? You know, they've got a young short shortstop, Kevin Newman, who played well second half of the season mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, third base, uh, we've got a placeholder in Colin Moran, who's got the best beard in Major League Baseball. <laughs> um, he he's a placeholder for a, a rookie that may crack the Major Leagues this year, maybe another year, uh, Kebron Hayes. We were talking a little bit beforehand about his dad, Charlie Hayes, was a former Pirate. Um, first base, I mean, we have all, could have our only all-star right there at first base in Joss Bell. The, the mm-hmm. dude just mashes. Yeah. Um, second base, we've got some options. You know, you go with a steady hand and Adam Frazier, mm-hmm. um, who, who's got one of the prettiest swings in baseball, but yeah. you got to hit the ball with that. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, back to Josh Bell. He's a Reds basher too. I mean, oh, remember yeah. he killed the Reds in the games. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He killed the Reds and then someone took a cheap shot at him and <laughs> created a, created here, a we go. Here, here we go. <laughs> It's a good but thing. Amir, 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 Amir Garrett and, uh, Amir Garrett Jeff, and uh, Yasiel Puig lost their abs ever-loving minds. Yeah. Jeff, when you lose a lot, you say stuff like that. You hey, like you got to grab, um, grab on the something. Or something like that. <laughs> I'm not sure losers we don't. complain about the umps. Because when the Pirates went in the tank last year, I mean, they didn't hold back. Oh, we went in the tank. It was bad. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> we couldn't hey, brother, we've been there, Chris. We have been there, brother. We have, we have. Here we are talking trash against the Pirates, and we got you no know, you, you see, trash against anybody. You see a, a fight like that get started, and you think the, the people who start it want to win and spark their team to something bigger. I'm not sure we win that fight. <laughs> I mean, if you let those guys go at it, I, I'm not sure the Pirates have much uh, uh, oh, much uh, in the tank in a, in a fight against the Reds. Well, at least last year's Reds. Who wants to take on Garrett? Who wants to take on Puig? I mean, and we lost our we lost Garrett. our crazy guy. I mean, we uh, Sean Rodriguez is gone. We don't have guys beating up coolers anymore. So, I don't know if you remember that guy, Sean Rodriguez. I remember that name. I remember that name. 
Well, I think, you know, Bell, I like. I like the Newman kid, uh, Reynolds. Those are probably the three guys that jump out to me that that um, could have good seasons for the Pirates. I mean, and I guess some decent young pitchers, but you know how that is. The Reds thought we, – we thought we had decent young pitchers for a few years, and we just never did. So we finally go out and buy some and sign some and so forth and so on. So Yeah, yeah it's too bad that Italian hurt his elbow – he uh yeah he's, I mean, he's by far their best pitcher mm-hmm. um he, he hopefully he returns from that we, we got mitch keller who looked good in innings and then looked terrible in other innings last year as a rookie so i mean there's some guys there yeah okay well so we'll see what happens this year i mean we get 100 games played i don't know how many games we're going to play um but it is sounding more and more promising that there's going to be some level of baseball, some amount of baseball played, and that's better than none. Um, you know, I mean, it's been terrible to trade for Trevor Bauer and not get a, a full season, you know, anything out of him. Right. Is, um, he, is he in the last year of his contract this year with you guys? Yeah, yeah. That was the whole thing about that deal was got him last year and then going to have him for another year. And he is – is he the one who said he wants to sign one-year deals – one-year deals. That's what he, he just wants to, He never wants to sign more than a one-year deal. But, you know, he's, he's, he's an interesting he's, guy. He's a, he's a different bird. Until somebody offers him a five-year deal and he'll jump on. For like <laughs> $200 million, yeah. Until the Yankees come calling. Nobody right Nobody's right. Going to, exactly. You're right. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. That's famous last words, right? Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, I think if whenever they get it rolling – you know, Castillo, Gray, Bauer, if Bauer pitches like he's pitched some, and he doesn't have to be Cy Young level. He just has to be, you know, a really good pitcher. Those Castillo guys, has to be Castillo. Yeah, those three yeah. guys at the top. And then if the bullpen is, you know, uh, good. And, and bullpen was good last year except for Iglesias blowing saves. If Iglesias doesn't blow so many, he, he blew a lot of saves. He's, he can't be that. Can't we be that we need guys just to have normal years. We need Iglesias just to have a normal year. Yeah. Votto just to have a normal year. These starters just to have – they don't – you know, they all don't need to be all-star years. Yeah. You know? And one of the key things, too, you know, we always, you, always, you always want to get off to a good start, but this is going to be a shorter season. I mean, you cannot start like they did last year and expect to climb out of that. I mean, yep. that that's – you can't expect that. Now, who was it, you know, what, what the, uh, you know, the nationals were, had a bad record. They were, had a, they were below 500 right into May last year. And then things turned yeah. around, but. Not as bad as the Reds. So. Not as bad as the Reds, but you can't expect that. I mean, the nationals, just because the nationals did it last year doesn't mean, I mean, it may be 10 years before anybody else does that again. That's an unusual season. So that'll be, you, you, this year you can't afford to start slow. You got to. So where do we think? When do we think they might start? So we're in April. Obviously, they're not going to go right into it. They're going to have to play some spring training games first. I think. So en- end of May, possible. What you guys have said about Florida and Arizona being a little more open, um, you know, than other states, um, they're starting to talk about it. I would. I would think sometime in May is, is it seems like a distinct possibility. Well, I don't know if it's. I think maybe I would they hope to expand the rosters really. to give them more, but maybe they give them more pitchers. 
right? Yeah. I think the allows them to roster have guys be, go as long. Then they say rosters would be expanded to start. Did they say that? But right. I would hope guys are, are staying in shape. I mean, they got a few, what, two weeks in in spring trading. So they got their yeah, base there. Yeah, but throwing there. the batters, Chris, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the, the, And that's the batters are going to be behind the pitchers. The pitchers can get on, get on a mound and throw. Batters seeing live pitching. Sure. I mean, you, you, a pitcher can go to, you know, a remote place and throw off a mound and, and be pretty successful and ready to go. But you can't go to some remote place as a batter and see, you know, 95 with six inches of break on it. You just don't – you can't find yeah. someone to mimic that. Maybe uh... – Maybe I mean I would think they have to have at least two weeks of spring training, don't you think, Chris? Yeah, I would say that that's probably the right number. Two weeks. Two weeks, probably yeah, something like that, and that gives pitchers a chance to what face batters three times. Yeah, maybe yeah. three or four times, depending on how many innings you pitch at a time. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they would have to do some of that. Um, I would think. And then give them more pitchers and see what happens. Yeah. So. One thing they're talking about is that um, um, financially, huge boon for TV rights holders. You could have a captive audience the entire day. Games in Florida could begin at 11 a.m. Eastern time. You could still have games in prime time for East Coast teams and their fans. And the time slots would permit West Coast teams to play prime time games in Arizona. So that, you know, we're not – I mean, that would be the worst. The dumb thing would be to for the Reds to play every night at – 10 o'clock Eastern. I mean, we'd never get, I mean, I mean. Right, that would suck. That, you yeah, could watch yeah. the Pirates every night. Well, yeah, I could. No. <laughs> I'll come over to your house. <laughs> ah, baseball, I'll watch anything. <laughs> Actually, I would at this point. I would watch the Pirates at this point. Yeah, and so. Put the Pirates and Marlins on, it'd be the top, top, uh, Nielsen rating of the week. Yeah, but you, you know, it would for the red for East Coast teams, Eastern Eastern time zone and even Central time zone teams to play a bunch of ten o'clock games out there wouldn't make any sense. So uh, for TV, yeah. so yeah, it'll be an interesting thing. They, they still have division winners, wild card winners, and they could add two more wild card teams to each league or postseason tournament with all thirty teams. These are other th- ideas that are being floated. Just because of the shortness of the season, you might expand the playoffs. Um, the Pirates are making the playoffs. So a lot of things up for gra- up for debate, and who knows where they'll end up with this. This would be the year to try stuff, right? I mean, if you're going to try be. stuff. Well, yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? The commissioner. Um, I can't think of his name. Manfred. Manfred. You know, he wants to expand the playoffs, and I mean, he came out with an announcement about that, and people went bananas over that. I thought that was a terrible idea. I didn't think it was such a bad idea, but, I mean – Everybody may complain when the NFL expanded playoffs. Well, nobody fusses. As long as they don't do seven seven game series for every playoff series, that's a little bit too long, I think. No, I don't think they'll do that. Would this be the year for the DH in the National League? Oh. Stop. Stop. Please. please. (laughs) Stop. You know I'm a DH proponent. And you know I'm not. What do you think about the DH, Chris? I need a friend. Uh, it doesn't I matter. Be, He's a I would, fan. I would not be in the DH camp. I think I don't think it's as pure of baseball. That's right. Be complete. Somebody's got a bunt out there. <sighs> DH takes Jeff, the bunt out of the Jeff game. What Jeff wants, what Jeff wants is like in the NBA, you have guys that just play offense. They not only play one side of the court. 
It's not what That's I'm what doing. the DH does. I mean, I mean, you know, we want some excitement in the game. And who wants to watch a pitcher walk up there with no chance to get a hit? That's why I watch. Uh, I get, you know, I pace when they do the double switch. I get up and pace around the room. I can hardly stand the excitement, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, you know, what about the pinch pinch hitter goes away. What is better than a bottom of the ninth pinch hit home run? Yeah. It happens like once a season, but that's really exciting baseball. Yeah, it is. Compared to every about some of the other things they talked about is starting in the tenth inning, having a guy on second base. Remember some of those other rule changes they were talking about? Yeah, well, they're doing the they're doing. They well, did yeah. that. In, don't they do that in college now? They do yeah, that in college. They, do, they might do it. In high do school. they? I, don't know. I think they do it in high school. Um, the uh, well, the well, the rule they did put in for this year is the three batter limit. Um, right. Unless you end an inning, then you don't have to come back out for the next inning. Right. As long right. as you're within an inning, you have to pitch to at least three guys. You can pitch to one or two and end an inning. I don't think you have to come back out, but you can't. You can't. Also, take the, the left-handed out. specialist is done. The loogie is. That's done. right. The loogie. Oh, the loogie there's a there's a whole article in Sports Illustrated about the loogie. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting that that the loogie since the, when it when it ramped up when it got to be used more often, the time period of the games didn't increase. No. So they're saying why. What's the purpose then if you're trying to reduce the time of the game and you take the loogie away, but the loogie wasn't the cause of it? Mm-hmm. So, it's an interesting yeah. article. Yeah. You know, I was – did you watch any um, – Fox Sports Ohio, Tom, did the uh, Reds Rewind of the 76, 75 series. Did you watch any of those? No, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, well, I've got them. I've got them. Um, I have YouTube TV now, and I've got. I recorded them. They're all. In my... Did you record it on a VHS tape that you could send? No, them? I did not. It's not on VHS. Maybe Beta. You got a Betamax machine? I'll send yeah. it on that. Jeez. <laughs> I'll hold my. I'll run, play it on my TV. Hold my phone up and record it, and I'll text it to you. Um, anyway, I watch, they, they were just showing the four games the Reds won, and I watched the first three of them. I've still got game seven on there. I haven't watched it yet. Um, but what was different until George Foster got to, came into, came to bat, other than when Foster was batting, it was a faster, pitchers were fast. I mean, uh, Gullet pitched a really great game in game three, I think, and one, I think it was game three, um, pitched great. I mean, and he was just working fast. And all those guys, all those pitchers were working pretty fast. And they don't work that fast anymore. The only thing that ever slowed anything down was, you know, if you remember, Foster used to step out on pitchers all the time. Yeah, but but batters <laughs> don't work fast nowadays. No. They it, get out but, and they do all of their – Yeah, well, Foster, Foster was the guy that did that then. No, nobody else did it very much. Um, you know, Richie Hebner took forever to get set up in the box. If you remember Richie Hebner, the Richie uh, Hebner, the old Pirates. You know, he'd always pull up the back of his shirt. Look like he had a coat <laughs> hanger in the back of his shirt. Um, he he he'd take a while, but uh, uh, but Foster would step out all the time, and and back in and out, and he he'd step in and if the pit, then as soon as the pitcher took more than about seven or eight seconds, he'd step out. Um, but other than that, it moved faster. Except when he came to bat, it just moved faster. 
And you're right. I think it, it is. The, and so the pitch clock, I think, is the is it might be the way to go to really to to help. But I mean, the if thing you that's good about that is it wouldn't affect any of the it wouldn't affect any of the records or anything. A pitch clock wouldn't. No. Everything stays in place. Right. And I think the thing is, if you do a bunch of stuff and you save five minutes, big deal. Right. It's just. You know, until you shave, until you until baseball sort of changes up and it's an hour, you save a, you save twenty minutes or thirty minutes. It really doesn't make much difference. And I don't. When I go, I don't care if I'm there for three hours. I mean, I paid a lot of money to go there, so I don't really want to see an hour and forty-five minute game or a two-hour game. I'd like to spend some time at the ballpark, unless it's the weather's not nice. But you know, seven o'clock game on a weeknight, and I'm, it's ten thirty. Um, trying to stay awake to watch the end of the well, game. I mean, times. a stadium that, or it's, that's not stadium correct. or media doesn't care if it goes longer because they make more money from the, the uh, no, they don't. concessions and commercials. They don't. They don't. So anyway, yeah, it's I – don't, I don't know what they'll make of it, but I think this three-pitcher or three-batter limit thing is weird. I, I'm not sure I like that rule. It feels like that's messing too much with – you talk about messing with strategy. I, of course, it brings in a new strategy, right? You change a rule, you create a new strategy now that you have to think about. So, doesn't. Really I think part of the beauty of this new part, So that's what the DH does. The DH just creates new strategies. It doesn't take away strategies. So no, part of the beauty of baseball, part of the beauty of baseball is the anticipation, the pause, and going through the different scenarios that could happen mm-hmm. um, prior to it happening. And then it happens, you know, that's right. part it, of the, the swing of the bat, boom, something happens. So with this new three batter limit minimum, can, can, so can you move a guy to the outfield, bring him in for a batter, move him to the outfield, bring another guy in? I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I think you have to pitch to three guys. It's to cut down on pitching changes, which slow down a game, right? Because you bring in a pitcher, he gets to warm up. And all that. So maybe you could do that, Chris, if you didn't warm up, warm the guy up. You know, maybe they'd let you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to warm the guy up. So the, well, that was the other thing, too, that was interesting about watching that 75 series because um, Sparky, Sparky ran pitching staffs back then like they do now. I mean, they, they called him Captain Hook for a reason. You know, I mean, right. he, now he let Gullet go the distance that one night. Um, I mean, he was still like oh, yeah, Will McEnany, Raleigh Eastwick, and right. Clay he Carroll. Guys go the he used those guys a lot. Bourbon and Carroll and Eastwick. Those four guys pitched a lot of innings, had a lot of appearances. And um, Eastwick was a rookie that year and had like 80 appearances or some, some crazy. He was rookie of the year, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he was rookie of the year, but he was a rookie. I thought he was. He might have been. I, I'd have to look that up. But, um, but yeah, so it – he he, you know that's what he did, and so that that makes people think, oh, the Reds didn't have very good pitching. No, they had good pitching. If you look, they were they were top part of the league in pitching every year. I've looked, you know, we've talked about that in the past. Um, they weren't like Scherzer and Strasburg type of guys, but you know, Gullet Gullet won 15 games that year, and he missed like two months of the season because he got hurt. Um, the way he and he pitched great that year when he pitched and. They were talking about it on the broadcast, like, you know, talking about it. if this guy had been healthy all year, he might have won 25 games. So it was uh, it was interesting. Just hearing – it's great hearing the old announcers, too. I mean, Kurt Gowdy's calling the game. Joe Garagiola's calling the game. Uh, yeah. Brandon, and, and that year they put 
when they were in Cincinnati, they put Brenneman in the TV booth. Um, really? Yeah. And he spent a lot of time in a TV booth. And that was his first year or second year with the Reds. Second year with the Reds. 74 was his first year. And, and then uh, some guy, Ned, somebody or other for the Red Sox, he was in the booth some too, like when they were at Fenway. Um, so they did, they did a lot. They, they, I don't think they really did that much else, but yeah, that was pretty interesting to watch just to see. Yeah. Baseball looks a little different now. The speed of the game was, de- I could definitely tell, I could definitely tell that there was a difference in just kind of how quickly things moved. It, it used to, it used to move a little more quickly. Go back and watch something. If you ever see those, a game like that on being replayed, it's an interesting thing to see. So anyway, well, we've been on pretty long. You guys got anything else? No, I mean, yesterday was uh, Jackie Robinson day. Yes, it was. Number 42. Everybody would have been wearing that yesterday. In fact, you know who kind of got that started was Junior when he was with the Reds. He's uh-huh. the one that suggested it to the commissioner. So. Was he? We missed that yesterday. Yep. I did not know that. I did not know that. Hey, he asked permission I'm- to wear his number uh, yeah. to commemorate, and the commissioner let him, and then that, that kind of led to what we now do today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. Um, one thing I've done to help pass the time with all this missing is um, – I'm a, I subscribe to The Athletic. You guys are familiar with – you guys have probably heard of that website. I don't know if you guys ever been on it, but um, a guy named – and hopefully he'll put it into a book someday. A guy named Joe Pesnanski, who's a baseball writer, written for MLB, a lot of people. He was a columnist at the Kansas City Star for years, baseball columnist, you know, from the George Bread days and everything. So he – he wrote and he's written some stuff on his blog. Some of these things are on his blog, Joe Poznanski. If you find his blog, some of them might be on there, but he did a hundred essays, long form pieces where he counted down in his mind, the top hundred players in major league baseball and baseball history. And so each one is a story and I'm, I'm at number 21. I'm a little behind. He just finished it up the other day. I'm a little behind. Number 21 happens to be Joe Morgan. So that's the next one I'm going to read. And it's just been as entertaining as you can imagine. Cause every, and it's not your typical like biography story of like, here's the guy's whole life and here's all his baseball numbers and everything. It's like stories about guys that you would never know and, and reading about got old time guys that you maybe heard the name, but you didn't know anything about. It's just been amazing to read. Um, hopefully, he'll go. On, he'll put it in a book someday. It's just, I mean, some of the stories, the Jack, some of the Jackie Robinson stories. I don't remember off the top of my head anything, but it was like stuff I hadn't heard before, or like guys you've heard a lot about, know a lot about. It's like you read stuff in there. You're like, wow, I didn't know that. The one on Maddox was really, the one on Maddox was really good. This is a, a blog. Is that what you said? Well, he has a blog and some of these things have been repurposed from his blog, but I think he's written some of them new, but it's on the athletic.com website. So uh, oh, okay. anyway, I've got a, I think they are still doing it. I can give out free. I can, you can read it for a while for free. I can text you an invite if you want to go on there, but it's just, it's just really good. And he's number one guy. He, he, He's counted down and you can begin to think about who's going to be in his top 10, you know? So he finished Mays was, he, he put Willie Mays first. He had Ruth second. He had, I think he had Bonds third. Oh, wow. And then he had Aaron fourth. Um, he had Bonds third. 
Wow. Yeah. yeah. They had Clemens real high too, you know. And some guys he put at their uniform number. Like he had Mike Schmidt and Frank Robinson tied for 20th because they both wore number 20. If they were, oh, okay. if you had them kind of coming in on his list and about the same thing, about the same around there. Like Jackie Robinson was number 42. So he did some of that. Um, you know, Mike Trout was in his was in the top 20 or in the top 25. He had Mike Trout. Yeah. He, was high, he was the highest every uh, current player. Probably the most underrated player in baseball. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's – well, everybody knows he's, like, the best player, but nobody knows who he is. Right. I mean, he is the best player. I mean, his numbers for his – through the age of 27 are ridiculous. Compare, you know, historically, they're – compared to anybody or better than anybody but but you know it was fun because you read all these comments after the story too and a lot of people would be like i can't believe you got this guy rated this low and he's like get over it man it's just somebody's arbitrary 100 the stories was what make it it was so good i mean bench was 30th rose was in there in the top 50 somewhere um uh bonds like i said was up there um who else from the pirates would be in that Clemente, uh, Clemente story was really good. The Clemente story was really good. Um, who, I don't know if any other pirates were in there. Um, I don't think Stargell was. Um, he's a Hall of Famer, but I don't know these top hundred, you know. Right. Uh, but he said, when he first started, he said, my top 30, I feel pretty good about how I rank my top 30. After that, he says, I change day to day where I'd put these guys. So don't, you know, they're just, they're in the top hundred. I'm counting them down because it's something, it's a way to do it. But it was really good. It was going to, it was supposed to end on opening day. But then baseball, and then we didn't have opening day. So then he, they sort of stretched it out. They didn't run it on the weekends. And then he did a few here and there on his favorite play, on some favorite players of his. But anyway, I'll finish, I'll finish reading it here in the next month or so. It's just been, it's been really fun so to read that. So hopefully you guys get to read it sometime. I'll send you the, the link from the app that says you can get on and read free for a while. And you just search Joe Piznanski on there and then you can set him to follow. So I just go to the place where I follow him on the app every day and it comes up and all his stories. And then I just sort of pick off the next one. So I want to cheat ahead. I'm like, oh, I want to read the Hank Aaron one, right? Or whatever, but I'm making myself read them in order. So it's been fun. <laughs> I read Lefty Grove yesterday, so. Lefty Grove may be the best pitcher ever, but who knows? <laughs> so anyway, pretty interesting stuff. So, all right, Chris, we appreciate you doing this with us, man. Yeah, thanks fun. for having me on. It's been fun. Talking, yeah, thanks, Chris. Talk, talk yeah. a little baseball. So I'll get this posted here probably tonight and uh, get this thing up and rolling. So You can cut yeah. out all the Pittsburgh talk in the middle. <laughs> we'll bleep it. Every time Chris talks, beep. <laughs> Um, so, well, you know, when we finish this show, we always finish and say, go Reds. So I'm going to count it down to say, go Reds. And Chris, you're, you're welcome to say anything you want. Where's that leave button? Huh? Where's that leave button at? <laughs> the leave button on Zoom. <laughs> going to leave, leave meeting. So, all right. Well, thanks again. And we'll get, uh, look forward to next time we get together get Kim back in here and uh, maybe John too, but uh, appreciate, appreciate you joining us this time. And uh, it's fun. fun. It's fun. Good, good to talk baseball when we don't have it to watch. So at least we got to talk it a little bit. So, all right, Tom, you ready? I'm ready. We always say one, two, three.
Go, go Red. Go Red.